The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? A happy game week to all of you. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory and this is normally the time where I introduce Chief of Carolina, but last second, he had to drop out for good reason. I believe his wife is throwing a surprise birthday party for him right now that <laughs> is no longer a surprise because the schedule is off for us here and she didn't know that we were recording tonight. That's okay. Everyone stop what you're doing and make sure to get on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Give the man a follow and wish him a happy birthday. Uh, here to help me celebrate Matt's birthday and also the Chiefs um, starting their Super Bowl w- run, you can find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. Craig Stout, hello, my friend. Hello. I'm drinking a protein shake in Matt's honor tonight. <laughs> I'll probably have another one after this, and then I'm going to eat like the biggest double meat chipotle bowl that there ever was and go work out no i'm kidding i'm not gonna go work out you guys but everything else before working everything out. else before that i'm gonna eat and drink a lot of protein shakes and just get really big that's that that's a great strategy it's obviously working very well for maddie uh i i could not duplicate the routine the eating it would be impossible uh, but we're not here to talk about Matt's uh, daily structure. We're here to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The first week, or first episode of, of the week every week will be the mailbag still. And then uh, before, and it, it'll kind of probably be like a recap of, of what we thought of the game a little bit previ- from the previous week. So this is kind of going to be more you know, driven by what you guys are wanting to talk about. You guys wanted to talk about the cornerback position a lot today. I don't know why. I don't, uh, I don't either. I don't, is there a problem? I don't I, know. I, didn't, I, don't, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, there might be based on the questions. The, later in the week on Fridays, you're going to be getting kind of our game preview for the next week. So we don't really turn the page on, on the week as much. You know, in this week's ep- or this episode, this is more trying to get you know the, what's on your guys' mind from the previous week, and you guys had a lot in your mind. I must say, Craig, this is uh, hands down the best group of questions we have ever got. Kent was giddy before was. the show. I'm not. I'm not joking. Like he he was going through the questions and giggling to himself. He was so happy with you guys this week. Let's just let's just say Chiefs fans. It, the same way this team is in regular season form, they're ready to roll. You guys are all in re- in your you're in regular season form. You are in Andy Reid week one Woo, form, baby. That's how good you were this week, you guys. There was like there was like sixteen questions that were Kareem Hunt streaking wide open down the field <laughs> in in Foxborough, like just elite questions. Uh, and we'll get to all of those. Uh, we're gonna start with some of the five star questions. Uh, you guys gave us some five-star reviews. You asked some questions on there. We always feel compelled to answer those questions. Thank you guys so much for the kind reviews and the kind things that you are saying. Arkansas Chief asks, what sort of things are being held back on defense and what, what sort of unrevealed things do you expect to see in the new Steve Spagnolo defense? Also sad to hear about Kent hating Chinese food. Sorry, buddy. Craig, what you think? 
I, I think we're going to see a lot more exotic stunts. We've talked about how it was some pretty basic, you know, TE stunts that are occurring right now in preseason. Not a ton of secondary blitzes. There are going to be heavy secondary blitzes. I was actually going back to watch a little bit of Steve Spagnolo defense against Nick Foles and offensive coordinator John DiFilippo. That's now with the Jaguars. And, oh my goodness, so many secondaries, you know, blitzes, things like that. That's what we're going to see. A lot more unpredictability, a lot more confusion up front blocking, especially in week one where maybe there's not a whole lot on tape. They can kind of tip the Jaguars' hand to what they're going to do. Kind of kind of, kind of curious to see uh, what Tyron Matthew looks like as well. I think that's another thing that's it's going to be interesting mm. how they utilize him because there's been a lot of talk about him potentially kind of being used in a variety of roles. B. Javilla asks, what chief uh, or would the Chiefs ever truly consider a 10-year, $400 million contract for Patrick Mahomes? I personally, I think they probably would. I don't think Patrick Mahomes would want to be locked in for 10 years. He wants that market to be reset a couple times in the next 10 years, I'm sure, to capitalize on, on the contracts and the inflating contracts, especially for the quarterbacks. Jared Goff just got $32 million a year and $115 million guaranteed tonight, Craig. Yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes very well might make $40 million a year next year. So I don't know why he'd want to sign a 10-year, $400 million contract earning $40 million a year when he can do that for like five years. Yeah, we're... <laughs> They're starting at 40 next year. They're starting at 40 next year, especially if Goff's getting 32, what Russell Wilson got, what Dak Prescott's about to get. These numbers are about to be insane, and they're probably going to look cheap by comparison after the new CBA. Zach Tuttle asks, will LaShawn McCoy take the starting job from Damian Williams at some point during the season, and if so, when? Oh, man. I, I think he will. I do think he will. I, LaShawn McCoy is brought in here to be one of the major contributing running backs in this offense. Andy Reid called both LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams starting running backs. That would indicate to me that right now he's going to give them both a chance to kind of earn it and be the guy. But I do think that LaShawn McCoy may be about week five, six, seven, starts to take over a little bit more of the lion's share of it. And it just kind of is going to depend on both of those guys staying healthy as well. Yeah, and I, I'm not looking all that much, honestly, into starting non-starter. I, I think what ultimately is the most important thing about this here is that all these running backs are going to play a critical role in this team's success and it doesn't matter when where who what but all of them are going to be major contributors at some point in the season that includes darwin thompson troy leitner asks is there any realistic possibility the chiefs could pick up a decent corner to help the defense this season uh, could they give up maybe a second-round pick, and for who would that be? Man, okay. One of the guys that I've been looking at this entire offseason, just kind of paying attention to his contract st status with the Carolina Panthers, James Bradbury. I, I am a Bradbury fan. I think he plays well in his own scheme. He's got the ability to run with guys down the field, and he's plenty long with some ball skills, but... He hasn't been a starter there for very long. They opted not to give him a contract before the end of his rookie deal here. If the Panthers start to go downhill early this season, if they do have to bail on some guys, if Ron Rivera gets the ax midway through the season, they may be in fire sale mode. And if that's the case, I am calling them every day trying to find out if James Bradbury is going to be part of their plans going forward. Yeah, James Bradbury would be a nice addition and would give you an opportunity to add someone with an extension, you know, kind of early, earlier than you would have anticipated. And we've talked about it a lot. The, the Chiefs cornerbacks under contract for 2020 right now are Charvarius Ward, Rashad Fenton, and the two practice squad corners, Alex Brown and, and McTire. So uh, that's it. That's it for your 2020 outlook. There's going to be significant investments in the next 12 calendar months, or else we're going to riot. We have uh, some questions from the Gmail account, apnerdsquad at gmail.com. If you don't have Twitter, if you don't you know, have an iTunes review you want to leave, 
feel free to reach out to us there. We're, we're take questions. The lines are always open there. Another question here, not saying I want them to do it, but if the Chiefs were to ever give an alternate third jersey, I love this question, <laughs> what would you want it to be slash look like? This is from John H., a fellow herbivore. John, you're probably licking your wounds, pouring one out for our good pal, Herb Miller. But, Craig, I love the question. What would an alternate jersey look like for you? What would, what would you want to see? Oh, man. Okay, so I know that three-quarters of the listeners of this podcast are going to turn it off. I am a fan of what the Chiefs have done already. Give me a yellow jersey. Yes. Give me a yellow jersey with red numbers I don't know. They got to figure out the helmet. I'm not sure the red helmet plays with that get up. Might look a little too mustardy, but mustard and ketchup there. But I am here for a yellow alternate jersey. I am too. I think I would go white numbers with red lining or piping. So I think I would go with like a white number with red piping and a yellow jersey. I don't know if you could go yellow on yellow though. I don't. Uh, you probably couldn't. I. Probably, if they're gonna do it in like a color rush thing, I'm thinking of like the Rams uniforms. Right. The Rams all yellows with the blue numbers. I'm thinking that yellow on yellow. It, it, it's already been done. It's out there. And once again, we we just lost like all of our listeners. <laughs> Everybody hates the yellow mock-ups that people do. Oh, I I kind of like them. Not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, Biggie from Wichita. Craig, I think we have a pretty strong following from Wichita. It seems like there's a lot of Wichita people that reach out. Do you know, do you, and you're from Wichita, do you know Biggie? I do not know Biggie. I think maybe we need to start organizing maybe a couple meetups down here. At the Wichita very least, meetups? I, I need to be drinking some beers with these people. So I'll tell you what, if, if there's enough interest in a Wichita meetup, I'll come down and hang out with you. We'll okay, just do it. We'll perfect. do a meetup. Uh, Let us know. I like that idea. Uh, he big fan of the content. I listen to the podcast every night when I go to bed because the quality cheese content makes me warm and fuzzy inside. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. My question to you is: If Casey doesn't win it this year, do you feel like their chances to win it all drop dramatically because of the future cap constraints of Pat's impending monster contract? I don't actually. I I really genuinely don't. I think you're always going to have a chance with Patrick Levon Mahomes leading your team. And I think you saw it last year. They had an abysmal situation at cornerback on defense. A lot of things did not go right. Ooh, wow. I just kind of had a realization. A lot of things didn't go right for that team last year, Craig. Yeah. Think yeah. A lot, of things, a lot of things went, went very wrong for and, that team last year. And look where they ended up. <laughs> I, yeah. Sometimes you say things a million times and, and it just kind of all like that's, that's what I'm having right now. I'm literally having kind of an epiphany. Think yeah. it. Patrick Mahomes' greatness was was blinding how many struggles that defense and that team had. Yeah, that was definitely the case. And it's not like that team didn't have... I mean, they were right up against the cap last year. And they were paying Eric Berry a lot of money. They were paying LDT a lot of money. He got hurt early. And, you know, injuries and things like that will occur. But it's not like... They were take, able to take full advantage of that cap space last year because of the injuries that they had, because the players that weren't able to get on the field. that They were hamstrung by that last year, even though Patrick Mahomes is probably going to make $40 million. This is just like Aaron Rodgers. As long as he's on your team, you're always in the hunt. So you'll be there. The Chiefs had a 51-man active roster last year with Eric mm-hmm. Berry and McKenzie being out. And Eric Berry took up a huge chunk of change and didn't play. Kareem Hunt was released in the middle of the season. Laurent Duvarnay-Tardif, one of their most expensive linemen, was gone for most of the season. My, like, Craig, we, I know. He, he makes I know. you forget these things. He does. And the, the Chiefs Bob are Sutton winning. was the defensive coordinator. And Bob Sutton, the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl this year by a lot. It's decided. It's decided. You guys witnessed Kent's realization of the Super Bowl victory right here and now, everybody. It's not even going to be close. I might might join Pete on that 16-0 conversation. (laughs) This is ultimate peak. This is peak optimism right now. All right, let's jump to the Twitter questions. I'm going to be... 
I'm going to be marinating on that last thought for a while. But anyways, Rise of Mahomes asks, do you still think the Chiefs are looking for cornerback help, or do you think that they can get enough pressure up front that they can force the early throws? I think that that's, uh, that that's not necessarily mutually exclusive. I think that they are still looking for cornerback help. Uh, Brett Veach kind of mentioned in his conference call from this past weekend that they were trying to make some trades happen, that they were trying to make a move at that position, and that it just didn't work out. It wasn't right for the team, which I think we can all assume means that teams are asking a lot for guys that are established already. Because the so, Chiefs know they have... Because teams know the Chiefs have nothing. Correct. There, probably. Correct. So, oh. uh, you know... And <laughs> you know, and when a, when a team is 0-0... Zero and zero, you know, it doesn't be benefit them any to be trading for future draft assets at this point. Now, maybe after the season goes along a little bit, teams start to realize, ah, oh, this might not be our year. People get hurt, yada, yada. But at this point in the season, teams still want to keep the players that they have on their roster. So I do think that Brett Veach is going to keep looking for cornerback help. It just might be a little bit. And then, yes, I do think that they can get enough pressure up front force specific routes, force early throws, allow Charvarius Ward, Bashad Breland, Kendall Fuller to drive downhill from off coverage, attack the catch point a lot better, knowing that the ball has to get out quickly. They don't have to carry down the field quite as much. I think that that's a very, very big benefit to those Chiefs cornerbacks. The NFL and the cornerback market is Dwight Schrute with those unicorn dolls at Christmas and the Chiefs are Toby Flenderson. They are ma- they they need they need that unicorn doll out at corner desperately. <laughs> and 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 the rest of the league is Dwight Schrute and absolutely knows it. I mean you, I don't You come for the Chiefs takes and you stay for the office references, you guys. I mean I I that's some of my best work I think I don't know what that if that says something about my work or about how great I think that pun is or not even a pun that joke uh country and that is an analogy I can't even get that right country boy five six seven asked how do you beat the Chiefs I think you saw it you it's it's if you can play the ball control game if you can limit the touches for Patrick Levon Mahomes create less margin for error that's the way to beat it. However, I think the Chiefs have gone out of their way this year to make sure that you can't play the ball control game with the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that they've really done a good job of addressing that. I I think the run defense is going to be so much better. So, so, so much better. And Steve Spagnolo blitzing as often as he's going to is going to force teams to adapt their game style. It's not going to be as simple as sitting back and allowing teams to do what they want and trying to counter that. I think that it's going to be a lot easier for the Chiefs to dictate the pace of play a little more, whether that be through allowing maybe some more long scores or, you know, big hitter plays because Spagnuolo blitz too much or forcing turnovers. I do think that they are going to dictate the pace of play a little better. We will be back with more questions from Twitter right after this. We've got a bunch of, of questions from Twitter still, and they're all so good. We're going to try to get through as many of these we can. You guys blew it out of the water, though. Just incredible job by you. Uh, Wichita Chief Sam asks, how many games do the Chiefs score 45-plus this year? Put me down for... You know what? Let's Let's be a little bold tonight. I just had that epiphany the last segment. Three games over 45 points. Three games. Three games is a lot. It is. It is. That's a lot. I'm I'm saying the defense is good enough to where they don't have to score 45 unless you truly believe that Matt Moore is going to keep hanging points on fools after he comes in in the middle of the third quarter for multiple games. That's That's when Byron Pringle and Darwin just start thriving. Oh, man. Okay. See, now you got me thinking about a Darwin Thompson. No, no, still just one. Just one game that they score over 45 in, and boy, it'll be a doozy. 
Do they win that game? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I know I, they didn't yeah. have a good track record with that last year. They win that game this year. All righty. Uh, Andrew Richards six asks tinfoil hat. Veach hates the available cornerback so much that he plans he has plans no plans to sign Chris Jones, but will franchise tag him and then trade for a twenty twenty first to take Bryce Hall and Jalen Johnson with their first round picks and use the the thirty three ers pick and a third on the defensive line. Okay, so I think there's a lot of interesting pieces to this tinfoil hat. The initial premise though. I don't think I can sign up for when it comes to I, I, I think you still got to try to make a move even if you don't like this because you don't want to ruin this window and this opportunity this year to you know make this team better so that they can win a Super Bowl however I think the Chris Jones conversation and the the trade assets and everything else I am I am I'm buying some tin foil for that one yeah, I, I will buy tinfoil if it gets me Bryce Hall and Jalen Johnson. My <laughs> goodness. Let, let's go, baby. I love both those guys. So I, I agree with Kent. You're not you're not just going to shut down pursuit of any cornerback this year. I, I believe now that it'll be a little closer to the trade deadline, but I do think that they will make a move at some point this year, unless Mo Claiborne comes in at week five and just looks great. And then maybe they feel a little more comfortable with it. I don't know. We'll see. ND Blair asks, which of the Chiefs cornerbacks would you pick if you pick on if you were the Jags offensive coordinator? So I think I'd actually try to test Kendall Fuller vertically because I think that's where Nick Foles might be able to have some success. I I think, you know, Charvarius Ward's an easy guy to pick on, especially if you're, you know, trying to throw in front of him. But I would rather, especially with a guy like Foles, probably try to challenge deep, and I would be challenging Kendall Fuller deep. Uh, if I had to challenge one of them deep, it would be Fuller. He just doesn't seem to carry vertically quite as well. But I, I don't know that I trust Foles' deep ball accuracy enough to where I'd, I'd run that. I would I would rather run something underneath of Charvarius Ward, maybe a, a crosser, send somebody vertical to his side and a crosser, make him come downhill to try and make a play underneath, force him to change directions often and, you know, make him make him have to come down and make a play because we, we saw so far this offseason that Charvarius Ward has very much struggled with doing that. So I, that's where I'd test him if I had to. Stags. <laughs> asks when they make a nerd squad movie who should play each of the ap staff <laughs> oh, okay i got this i oh, got do this you? i do i do um kent is played by matthew mcconaughey the best hair oh, no. that, that we can put on him Oh, this, uh, I'm going to get roasted for this take. I don't like Matthew McConaughey. Oh, my goodness. Just stop. And it's then, the commercials. It's the, it's the Lincoln commercials. The Lincoln commercials. He loves Lincoln. And also, Lincoln. He's, a, he's a Texas fan, and one of my good buddies is a Texas fan, and he's got like this weird obsession with Matthew McConaughey, and it is not all right, all right, all right. Okay? Uh, sorry. Anyways, please continue. Uh, I, let's I, hate, see. I hate it already. I, I won't see this movie. Uh, Maddie very clearly is Chris Hemsworth. Just overall yes. build, like for like. I really like um, that. I really uh, like that one. Let's see. Stags quite clearly is the most handsome man in Hollywood. Let's go. Let's go, Chris Pratt. Right now, I think. No, I no, think no. he's. I. I. This isn't a too much of an age joke, but like. You're gonna go Tom Cruise. No. Oh, no. okay. Way cooler. <laughs> Clooney, oh, uber yes. handsome, yeah, one probably one of the more aging members. I think, and and Clowney, uh, Clooney with a beard. I mean, uh -huh. yeah. I I'm sorry, please. I I had to jump in on that. And, Actually, then, and then me, Mike Glennon. <laughs> can, can I can I pick Screech <laughs> for me? Can, That's fine. Can we get Dustin Diamond in here? No, I'm, hold I'm on. I want to come up with that. a better one. I want to come up with a better one. But I'm I don't I don't want to think there there's a good one out there. I'll tell you what, whoever oh, no. whoever whoever I already hate this. <laughs> whoever can come up with the best 
Craig Stout, uh, who who plays Craig Stout in a movie, we'll give a draft guide to. How about that? Whoever has the best one for Craig gets a twenty twenty. Do I get a vote? No. Do I get a vote in it? No, you don't. Twenty 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 KC draft guide to whoever replies on Twitter with the uh, the best Craig Stout movie uh, actor for Craig. That'd be great. Irish Chief Casey asks, with the Jags picking up Chase Litton, will Andy Reid design a few more plays to counter this, uh, or like, uh, or is or is Andy Reid kind of holding back plays from quarterbacks on the roster bubble? I actually, I kind of this. I I really want to answer this question because I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know how much Chase Litton has of the Week One game plan. Frankly, I think they have an idea of some of the things that they like to do. I'm actually not convinced that Chase Litton has a complete picture of what the Chiefs are trying to do at this point. And I I know that he certainly has some insight, and I know he certainly has plenty that he can provide the Jags, but I'm not overly convinced that he has a complete picture of what they're going to be trying to accomplish this year. I think there is some validity to them maybe not, maybe holding some things close to the vest until everyone's out of the building. And I, I do think that that's probably the case. I think Chase Litton knows what vanilla Andy looks like, but I, I also think that Nick Foles knows what vanilla Andy looks like. He's been there. So I, I do think that there would be a couple tendencies, some some stuff, maybe maybe some stuff that he's seen with Mahomes in the film room that are specific to Mahomes, not necessarily Andy Reid things that Litton could bring to that team. But I don't think that it's going to be a big tip of the hand of any of the game plan for the Jaguars so far. So no, I'm not too terribly worried about it. And I'm just thinking, like, I think Andy Reid, if he is, they probably knew they were cutting Chase Litton in july yeah yeah maybe maybe when Shermer started getting reps you know next to him i think yeah i think that's when they probably knew that that was the case i think they knew it i think they knew it as soon as andy found out a Shermer was in the draft i mean <laughs> no i i i do think andy's probably had it in the back of his mind that chase Litton's probably not going to be here frankly i just think that that's how these guys operate so i think I think he probably kept that in mind when they were, you know, anything Jaguar specific. They probably weren't saying anything to him, frankly. Menace Red 12 asks, how many sacks will Alex Okafor have this year? He's saying 10. I, I'm saying nine and a half. So wow. me, me and Menace Red are kind of in lockstep here. He's going to get favorable matchups all year long. He's looked really good this preseason you know, there's been a couple times that you could tell that he's definitely in preseason mode, not going quite as hard as he could. But the the moments that you got to see him really tee off a little bit, you saw the impact that he could make. If he stays healthy, I think he's he's close to that 10 sack mark with Chris Jones and Frank Clark getting the majority of the attention there. He should be able to make an impact off the edge. Yeah, give me seven and a half. I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit, but I think that would be a career year, I believe, for Alex. It would be, yes. Brandon422 asks, which is better, that the Chiefs signed LaShawn McCoy or that they kept the Chargers from signing him? See, that's a great question here. I do think that Melvin Gordon will play for the Chargers this year. I know that there's all kinds of trade talks out there right now. Reportedly, the Chargers are looking for a first and a fifth for Melvin Gordon, a, a running back who can't stay healthy, that's yeah, good luck, guys. Good luck with that. But I do think that Melvin Gordon will play at some point this year. LaShawn McCoy is very good. I, I I think it's better that the Chiefs signed him because I think he offers that veteran running back presence. If Damian Williams were to go down, Darwin Thompson would have to carry the full load. At running back. I love Darwin Thompson. I'm not sure he's ready for that role just yet. This gives him a little more insurance. No, I think it's better that the Chiefs sign McCoy, and I think that's more important that the Chiefs sign McCoy. And I think he's in an absolutely perfect situation to have success. He's going to be running into lighter boxes. He's going to uh, probably get some ability to play in space, and he's still good in space. I do believe him to be good in space. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he provides to this offense. And the veteran presence, I think, is pretty important, too. 
Chiefs England 95 asks, hypothetically, if the Patriots were to miss the playoffs, who do you think are the Chiefs' biggest threats in the AFC? You guys are pulling no punches. These questions are exceptional, all of them. Uh, the biggest threat is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm I'm a low-key pretty aware of them right now. I know Cleveland's the hot pick, but I don't forget about the Steelers. Yeah, especially the Steelers without AB and Le'Veon in the building kind of creating a little bit more of that off-field stuff. I, I they're a, They're a good pick. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I know right now. They're the paper champion, everything like that. They have a lot of talent on that team. Derwin James is going to get healthy by the end of the year. He could be a real boost at the end of the year there. I would not be surprised if the Chargers and the Chiefs met in the AFC Championship game this year. Uh, the Chiefs should walk over those guys. Don't don't get me wrong. That's, that's the path to the Super Bowl right there. But I'm going with the Chargers. The good news is if, the, is if they play the Chargers in the AFC Championship, it's a home game either way. Yep. So it's, I mean that's that's uh, that's really that's really a, a, a big advantage for them. I, uh, I will say this, Kent: if that game is in that soccer stadium, we are going. Oh, I need God. to watch a football game in that soccer stadium at some point before they get out of there. We're going to that. Yeah, I mean us and eighteen thousand other Chiefs fans. Yes, <laughs> the Charger fan will be overwhelmed. It's 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 dunking on the AFC West season. It's yeah. it's here. I've, I'm here it, for I missed it. it. I haven't done it. this in a while. It feels good. <laughs> it feels real good. Tizzle Sage asks, there is no plan with cornerback. When will we start to panic and realize our season will end when a team converts three fourth and tens in overtime? We all know we need depth, but the brass ain't doing it. I feel that so much, Tizzle Sage. I understand it, and I think a lot of the conversation about the cornerback position isn't when we look back and Morris Claiborne gets back and the Chiefs are 4-0 or 3-1, we're, we're, we're saying, see, the cornerback position's fine. I don't think that's the conversation we should be having. It's no. not about the first four games. It's about the AFC Championship game. It's about the Super Bowl. It's about those elite teams with enough receivers to stretch you thin and find a cornerback or two to pick on. And that's why we I, we said it a couple weeks. We are here to tell you the truth because we want this team to win a Super Bowl. We want them to win it for you and for us because it's fun. And it would be really cool to see this team. And if you are listening to this show, you care about the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to be honest about the cornerback position. We want them to win a Super Bowl. We see a very obvious way in which they could lose the Super Bowl. That's the cornerback position. So that's why we're going to keep banging on the drum. Knock on wood with your, if you're with me. Okay, uh, sorry. I, gotta, I, I, gotta I, knock I don't on know wood. why I went there. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to go on a little bit. I, I just – I do think that they are going to address it. I, th I do think the situation right now, like I said earlier – Teams know the Chiefs need a corner. Teams know that they're going to pinch the Chiefs a little bit. They're going to they're going to force them to have to overpay for a cornerback that they're okay with losing. That's a mid-tier guy it's right gross. now. It's not you, you can't just force somebody to trade somebody. That's not how this works. Trey Wayne isn't worth a second round pick. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to use Especially him as an example. Especially the 33-year's pick. Yeah, if the if the Vikings are saying you can have Trey Waynes, but we need a second and a fifth, guys, pass. I know it makes them a little better at the cornerback group, but I would rather pass, get to the trade deadline, and trade if you're going to have to give up a bigger asset for, I know this is going to key some people up, Patrick Peterson, A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Rhodes, somebody that is a much better cornerback that can help them the back eight and into the playoffs more significantly than Trey Waynes will right now, I'm okay with that. I can be okay with that. I don't like the situation that the Chiefs are in, but if that is the plan, 
I can get on board with it. And I agree. I don't want to overpay for a mid-tier or even a lower-tier cornerback at this point. It doesn't do anything. I would rather them ride out the first four weeks without Mo Claiborne, see what they have with Mo Claiborne, and then see what sorts of teams aren't really performing up to expectations at the trade deadline. Try and make a deal there. This should have been addressed much earlier. I mean, that's just the truth. This should have been done this offseason. Or maybe in the 2018 draft when, I don't know, several people were clamoring. I, I don't know who specifically, but several people were clamoring for them to draft a, uh, a cornerback back then. Great Googly Mo asks, are the linebackers good or are they simply going to be better than last year thanks to simplified, more aggressive steam? I think they're kind of a middle-of-the-road linebacking core. I And they probably still, like, especially like Hitchens. I don't know if Hitchens is going to live up to his contract necessarily, but they are going to be significantly improved and they will be enough and they will be plenty good enough for them to have some success. Yeah. Yeah. They'll have success. I, I, I'm not, I don't think that they have the top end talent at that position. I don't think that they've spent the assets to get top end talent at that position. Even though Anthony Hitchens is making $9 million a year, he's not making 18 to $20 million a year, which is what we're seeing those top-end linebackers making now. I think they'll be fine. I think the scheme will help them you know, more than I think everybody understands. Again, Steve Spagnuolo didn't have stud linebackers in New York, and he was able to get it done. It was much more having a stud defensive line that could get four-man pressures occupy blockers and allow those linebackers to kind of run free behind them that really did the most damage that's what i see the chiefs having this year arrowhead scotts asks a great question who are your seven inactives on sunday i think it's actually eight you can only keep 46 active if it's if the 46 is a cornerback is that right that might be right yeah i think it's it's seven or eight we'll just do seven we'll just go with seven uh, I think, uh, let's see, I think Colin Saunders will be inactive. Yeah. I, think, I think I think he needs a redshirt year, so I think yep. especially early in the season, Colin. Yeah. Dorian O'Daniel will probably be inactive. Ah. I, don't, I, I don't know that the Chiefs are going to carry six linebackers on their active game day roster. Special teams. I Dave know. Tobe. I would, <laughs> I mean, I would. I, Tremont Smith wouldn't be on the football team if I'm running him, but I'm guessing he's in an act. He's active. I'd say. I'd say. Uh, let's see. Nick Allegretti might not be active. Ryan Hunter will not be active. I'd be pretty surprised if Ryan Hunter was active. Yeah. I bet you Martinez Rankin is inactive this week. Probably. So there's three. I still think Dorian O'Daniel's probably active, even though I, I don't you, agree. I bet Blake Bell or Dion Yelder, one of the two of them, ends up inactive. I don't know that they'll carry three tight ends on the active roster this week. Uh, are they going to carry four running backs on the active roster? See, I kind of wonder if LaShawn McCoy is inactive too. Maybe, maybe. We'll have to see. I, there, There's hope for him to play. Uh, that's a, It's a really tough question because of the special team side of things. We know Dave Tobe's going to carry five active safeties on right. the game day roster. So I, I'm just not sure that they're going to carry six linebackers as well because they're only carrying four cornerbacks. All of those guys are going to be active for certain. So Yeah, what, you can talk you talk me into that. Yeah. What if what if it's just what if we're stunned and it's like Reggie Raglan isn't active? Oh my goodness. I then then why are you keeping him? What what's the purpose of keeping true. Reggie Raglan if he's not going to be on your active roster? That's like a that would be one that's like a stunner. I bet you they only keep seven offensive linemen active. Yeah, or, that could be the case. I think they normally keep seven. Maybe Tanner Passigno. Maybe Emmanuel Ogbo. One of those two. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That that's another one too. Or maybe Joey Ivy. Maybe. Maybe Joey Ivy. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, those are kind of the guys. That's a really great question. I hope we gave you some insight. Those are the questions you've got. They've got to answer, and it's it's a very specific game to game kind of thing there. So. Uh, Mr. C. David asks, how many points will it take to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? Give me uh, 23. I was going to say 21. I, I think this defense will be good enough. Jaguars weapons don't scare me. So I, I'm not terribly worried about it. I think Mahomes puts up 21 with this offense and week one Andy Reid pretty, pretty handily. I'm not really scared of Nick Foles, if I'm being I'm, real. 
I'm not I don't, either. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have given Nick Foles that much money either. Yeah. Graver Tanner asks, what routes are the Chiefs cornerbacks most vulnerable to? And what does Spags have to scheme up with? Let, let's just let's answer that first part. Let's just answer that first one. What what routes are the cornerbacks most vulnerable to? Well, we we hit on Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller carrying vertical routes, uh, any real vertical route. Uh, if you if you hit him with something and you don't have a safety over the top, he can get beat. His length and speed will get exploited a little bit. Charvarius Ward, uh, out out routes, hitch routes curls, anything that requires him to change direction and come back downhill, anything that's not a vertical route, basically. And then Bashad Breland is going to bite on every single double move that you throw at him. That's fine. He's very aggressive. He's going to get interceptions because he's jumping routes, but he is going to bite on double moves. That pass rush, just to kind of answer the second part that that was getting to that's kind of gone now, that pass rush cannot allow a quarterback time to hit a double move over Bashad Breland. Right. And Rashad Fenton, anything requiring him to change direction. <laughs> um, Tremont Smith, I, 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 he's a corner now. So yeah. I, I just, I don't even know. Uh, it's, but I was going to answer the exact same way you did, Craig. <laughs> no joke. I was going to answer the exact same way you were. Boy, Bashad, Bashad Breeland has some great highlight reel route jumps and then the exact low light reel double move bites that, that just get him. They See, do. I, and I, Nick Foles, I think it will be hard for Nick Foles to hit a double move. Yeah. Just because... It takes a little time for him to get going, mm-hmm. and it you know like that just doesn't seem to play to his strengths. Yes. So, Corey Peter asks, which of you could sport the Aaron Rodgers stash the best? I'm going to answer it, and Craig, just shut up. It's you. It's not even close. You have elite facial hair, and me and Maddie are just trying to like piece it together. The thing this, is, this is literally the only compliment that I will take, you guys. <laughs> Okay. No, it's 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 a it's a work of art. It's it's really just excellent. Steve Gray Jr. asks, in light of the Chiefs' current cornerback group, what is the one move, either draft or free agency, that you would have made this offseason to bolster this group? I would have tried to make a run at uh, Brad Roby. I think I we've kind of talked about this and we've broken it down ourselves. Like that might have been the move that moved the needle the most, frankly. And there really wasn't a ton. And, and that's one thing that Craig talks about a lot. Uh, and I, uh, from a micro perspective, you look at each move individually mm-hmm. and you could probably explain them all away. Anyways, Craig, sorry. I didn't, I don't know if I was still in your thunder. I just, no, no, go, go right ahead. Go right ahead. No, that's it's your turn. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, from a micro move. If you look at every single one of these moves in a vacuum, you can say, well, yeah, I wouldn't have taken that corner there. I wouldn't have done that move or I wouldn't, you know, you can come up with a reason at all times for this. The problem is if you go three years and your only real investment in the position is getting Kendall Fuller back for an Alex Smith trade, it it's a very important position. You, you can't really ignore it to that level if i'm making a move like that i'm trying my best to get up in front of one of these teams to try and get maybe maybe a joe juan williams sean bunting somebody somebody that with a good athletic profile with long arms and good ball skills somebody that can kind of turn the tide a little bit and give yourself another swing at that position I realize that you would have to give up maybe Juan Thornhill for that, but if you are really trying to solve that cornerback position, that's a sacrifice that maybe you'd have to be willing to make. I think there's some things you can apologize with with Brett Veach for. There's a lot of things you can talk about and say, you know, you can justify and defend him on some of the things. I honestly think the farther away we get from the 2018 draft class, the bigger a blemish it looks like. And I think probably one of Brett Veach's biggest mistakes with that 2018 draft class, and there seems to be some significant ones, but not investing in cornerback position at some point in that, you know, 45 to 85 range. <laughs> One of the cornerbacks that was available there would have been a ton of help right now. And I think that's really where 
It, it goes that far back, and, and it's just kind of been downhill from there. P uh, or Magruder P Mac asks if the Chiefs want to trade for cornerback Xavier Howard from the Dolphins or Janoris Jenkins from the Gi- Giants. What draft picks would you send as part of the package? I think it's going to be really hard to pull Xavier Howard away from the Dolphins, and I know it's kind of funny saying that because they're, you know stripping everything down right now but <laughs> they in the midst of tearing this thing apart they extended him so they want him as part of this core i wouldn't trade a pick for janoris jenkins i'm waiting for him to get cut i don't want that contract on my books so no. wait for them to cut him yes i agree with janoris jenkins i i know that everybody thinks that Xavier howard or that the dolphins are fire sailing everybody because they got rid of laramie tunsil and kenny stills but Guys, they got two firsts and a second and some change back for those two players. That's a move. If you are not in win-now mode, you you make that move. There are probably another 20 teams that would gladly make that move that aren't in quote-unquote fire sale mode. So I do think that Xavier Howard is part of their future. He is going to be under market value for them very soon. And he doesn't really cost too much against their, you know, in dead cap if he got hurt or something like that. So he is more of a a boon to their team on it than off it right now. I just don't see, unless they got two firsts for Xavier Howard alone, I I don't see how they're really willing to give up on him at this point. Chief Sluts 11 asks, who will be leading this running back group in yards after the first quarter of the season? I think it's Damian Williams, mm-hmm. but I think that fourth game could be about where LaShawn McCoy starts really eating into his opportunities. Yes, full full agree on that. I, I just don't know that McCoy will be fully integrated in the offense at that point yet, so it's the Damian Williams show. Hal Mountain, he really didn't ask a question, but it's just kind of a funny statement. He said, admit it, the Chiefs have no plan at cornerback, and it doesn't matter at all. And I don't know if he meant it on admit that last part of the sentence, it doesn't matter at all, as if, like, yeah, the cornerbacks suck, but Patrick Mahomes, but that's kind of how I read it. <laughs> you know, so, like, I just wanted to at <laughs> least <fair>. acknowledge it. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, that's I, fair. I, I, might, I might agree with that. <laughs> he, he might be right. <laughs> like, if it's like, yeah, the court, they don't – if, if Brett Veach is right and quarterbacks just don't matter, like, <laughs> whatever. P. Flum asks, any worry about some of the players that we presume are tobed hurting the depth? Yeah, absolutely. If Tremont Smith and DeAnthony Thomas are on this roster and to make that move, they get rid of someone else, I'm going to be kind of upset. It should be one of DeAnthony Thomas or Tremont Smith. It should not be both. And some of this roster maneuvering and roster gymnastics and active you know day, game day active gymnastics that they're gonna we're gonna see could be really really annoying I, I think and I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you here Kent oh, I really no. am stop uh, th- think for a second who is on the Chiefs practice squad right now that you want to be on the active roster it's Cody Thompson right yeah and basically only Cody Thompson who had the Chiefs cut that you would like to still be on this roster jerry atochu a fifth corner <laughs> so yeah, well i know corner. a corner but i mean they didn't really have a corner on the roster right now i don't know that dave tobe is hurting the depth on the 90 man roster that they currently had built i might understand if they cut a corner or they cut maybe a little more dynamic player i'm not sure that the guys that they cut made the kind of difference to not justify Dave Tobe getting a couple of his guys on the roster. I'm not saying the influence that he has, because he very clearly has a very strong influence on this roster, but I, I'm i not mad at it right now. I will get mad if, if again, like you said, DeAnthony Thomas comes back and is still on the roster. If they start moving some pieces around to keep more of his guys on the roster when Mo Claiborne comes back, like that's when I'll start to get a little upset, maybe. Will Heron asks, how many cornerbacks will be on the Chiefs' playoff roster that aren't on the opening roster, and where do the Chiefs get them from? Okay, so there will be... Check this out. <laughs> there will be... I want to say three, but I'm going to say two. There's going to be two, one via trade slash free agency, and one of these practice squad corners will be on the active roster for the playoffs. 
I think that there will be three. I do think that there'll be a trade at the trade deadline. I think that they will pick up another guy, maybe not one that's on the current practice squad, but maybe somebody that gets cut and kind of after week one, there's going to be an influx of some veteran talent that makes it onto squads for, you know, when their or when their salaries are no longer guaranteed for the year. I think that you'll see some cuts then. Brett Veach, I feel like, is going to pick up one of those guys. And the third guy is Mo Claiborne because he's not on the active roster right now. Okay, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Taninda78 asks, what are the disadvantages to stunts and twists? I like this. Uh, Stunts and twists take longer to develop. Uh, If you've got a quarterback that's getting the ball out quickly, uh, the, the games up front are they they just take longer to develop because you have players looping players coming from different gaps things like that and on top of that because they do take longer gap responsibilities take longer to develop so if you have a running back hitting a b gap and you've got somebody trying to stunt to get over to that b gap if he's a little late that can allow the offensive lineman to climb or seal him off and give the running back kind of a free hammer on the hole there so there are disadvantages to doing it you have to be very choosy when you do perform specific stunts and twists and they can get dis- disrupted by offensive linemen. If a guy's moving on one of the stunts, you can sometimes mm. see the, the, the stunt get disrupted by maybe a guard kind of like, you know, getting a little shove and, and disrupting the timing or disrupting the path to some of these, you know, stunts and twists too. So it happens. I mean, there's some things that, you know, play to your disadvantage. But if you're using them correctly, you know. Stella Vigil asks <laughs> a very Kansas City question right now. This was one of my bit favorite ones. Do we wish we kept Steve Nelson? No. Steve Nelson <laughs> is, is a man cornerback. Steve Spagnuolo is going to play his own scheme. I, I, he would be another body that has NFL experience that I wouldn't hate, but I don't I don't want Steve Nelson trying to play in Steve Spagnuolo's zone schemes. We watched him try and play zone with Bob Sutton last year, and I get that's Bob Sutton, and maybe the communication just wasn't overall good. But the number of zone coverages that Steve Nelson blew, I don't want to see him in a zone-heavy scheme. Hey, Craig, you know what Steve Nelson doesn't have experience doing? What's that? Locating the ball in air? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) KC Royalty 25 asks, what would be your week one strategy against the Chiefs if you're Jacksonville? Ball control and run. Uh, So we're going to answer this question on the pod later this week. This is kind of the premise of what the game preview will be, how these teams will defend the Chiefs, what kind of questions and what kind of storylines we're asking. So listen on Friday. We're going to kind of preview this Jacksonville game in detail Uh, And just look for that on Friday. Thank you guys so much for listening to this mailbag. Thank you so much for these incredible questions. It's game week, and the game preview will be back on Friday. Catch you later. All right, all right, all right.